Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Not Your Average Nerds, the weekly podcast where we talk about everything nerdy and pop culture. I'm your host, Rudy Vella, and with me as always... Joel Wagner. Big Kid Kingpin. <laughs> I look over and Steve's just staring at me. <laughs> <laughs> He's zoning out. <laughs> and uh, today we're joined by the creative director of Ideas from Mars and co-creator of the Tulip City Comic Con, Matt Rodriguez. Matt, how you doing, man? I'm Woo. doing well. Hey, how's it going, guys? Oh, it's, going, it's going pretty nice. good, you know? Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, thank you for being on the show. Yeah, it's it's been uh, about a year since we've all hung out. Well, not in this room. We were in, uh, what, well, we were at Steve's, right? At Steve's house, yeah. yeah in Steve's throwback. kitchen, I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then, um, hell, it's been a while since we've all kind of seen each other even since then. Yeah, so, it's been it's been a little bit. I I think I see everyone in random, yeah, yep. individually, not right. all collectively. Um, But, yeah, it's always good to and catch up so oh yeah most definitely i know i run into you a lot at uh at tardy's yeah right <laughs> we seem to Which go is at the same o- time. awkward because we both live on this side of the uh, <laughs> yeah. about 25 minutes away and then all of a sudden we see each other over there so but <laughs> i don't know to gavin but <laughs> yeah pretty much we need a tardy's holland location <laughs> exactly to tell ah, i would love that Oh. He, he comes out all the time and delivers books. So yeah. Kevin, we, I'll find the location. <laughs> we got the uh, we got the in spirit. Yeah, right. Location, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, like I said, it's been a it's been quite a little bit of time. Um, so for the like the listeners that don't know, give us a little brief description of uh, your publication ideas from Mars. Oh, um, so basically, um, it kind of happened accidentally. So I have always wanted to publish a comic book or create a, a comic book. And, um, I got the opportunity to last year through Kickstarter, um, which was what my first fully funded book defenders of Eden. And, um, I needed, I needed a company. I needed an LLC. I needed something to kind of umbrella, I guess, um, all of my ideas creatively under. And so, um, I've always had the, uh, email ideas from Mars and the Mars stands for Matthew Aaron Rodriguez studio. So, um, ideas from Mars was, um, my LLC of choice. And so, um, I started that like two years ago. And so everything, I guess, creatively that's on a professional level, um, I do under that. So not only do I do, you know, my comic books, but, um, children's stories, um, graphic design, t-shirt designs I've done for a couple of friends and, and different things like that. I, I dabble kind of in a little bit of everything. So, um, yeah, it was, it was just a way to kind of make, a make my dreams a little bit more legit by like actually saying, Hey, I'm going to start this company. I'm going to make it something and, yeah. and I'm going to, um, you know, go for it from there. So not only do we do that stuff, but like you mentioned last time, uh, you know, Tulip city, um, the comic con, we started four years ago. This is our fourth year, um, in Holland here. So that was something that, um, my buddy Curtis and I have been doing, um, with help of our friend, Amy, who handles all of our social stuff. So she's, an amazing person. I, I recommend everyone to have somebody that knows how to handle not only social media, but spreadsheets and Google docs, have somebody <laughs> like that on your team because I, that is not me. So, um, but, but yeah, that's ideas from Mars, I guess in a nutshell. So I, if, if I had my way, I would want to sell my ideas to some other company and have them make this stuff and have me just kind of, work under some other company but until then i'm fine trying to trying to do this on my own you know and that's kind of i guess you take inspiration from guys like you know the the people that started you know in their garages and in Mm -hmm. their basements and in their uh 
upstairs bedrooms with fake windows. Um, <laughs> you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, so so for now, Ideas from Mars is is um, we just actually launched our our website too. So if you go to Ideas from Mars, um, if you Google search it, I have, actually have all of my projects right now listed and all the sites and stuff right on there. So. Yeah, anything I'm involved in, you can find right on there. So okay, that's badass. See, I di- I didn't know. Uh, well, I wasn't aware of the um, the website launching. Yeah, so yeah, that, that's well, cool. It, it, well, it was something that my artist, um, my colorist for two of my books, he just did because, um, he was like, man, we got to get you a site because <laughs> you got all this cool stuff kind of going on, and we need a we need a, a place for you to put all your stuff so people can click links and it'll send them to this project or linked and send them to that um event you know and things like that so um it's been going well yeah all right awesome well that's that's great to hear i love uh so as uh i I don't know if you know but as these guys know i'm a graphic designer myself and i remember looking at the uh the logo that you have for ideas of uh, of mars and i um didn't really notice it until i was actually analyzing it but the uh the current going like through the bulb yeah is an m like yep. I, when i saw that i was like that is awesome <laughs> so so there's a couple things going on here so it's actually um when i was at the tech center here in holland mm-hmm. um in a high school i took a graphic arts class over there on the computer and we had to do these flip books mm-hmm. we had to draw like 50 pages and and, and i had this thing where i drew a light bulb and it turned into an alien. <laughs> and so it looked really cool. And I always had that at home and it was just in a drawer, you know, with all this random stuff. And so when I was coming up for the idea, it has the M, the current is the M. But then actually, if you look at it with a squint, it actually look could look like a um, an alien's head, like an old school, like <laughs> green alien. Okay. Um, and so that was the other kind of hidden little thing in there, too. So um, and again, Mars being. Not very many know what it stands for um it was always just kind of a little cool, hidden cool about it so yeah yeah that's that's really cool i just i remember like actually spotting that out and i thought that was really cool yeah but uh that's awesome that you went to um tech center for yeah. uh graphic arts sally actually Sykowski. yep you have that, her too yep i had yeah, sally she, I, yeah I love she's sally. awesome she's teacher amazing awesome teacher i think i was her first or second year teaching there she um but she just let us just I mean, there are some teachers that, like, just know how to, like, get the best out of their students as far as, like, what their students are capable of and, like, let them kind of do their own thing. And she definitely it has been an inspiration to me. Yeah, we, we love her to death. She was cool. Yeah, she's a she's a great person, a great teacher. Um, I was in her uh, – it was – at the time that I went, it was uh, VizCom, Visual Communications. Okay. And uh, I actually just had the honor to be on her uh, portfolio review team nice. uh, last year. So that Very was a lot cool. of fun. Got to go over there and, um, I guess, switch spots like how I was in high school. Yeah. And got to hang out and uh, oh, critique awesome, and give some, some pointers and stuff to people like just coming out of the gate. And yeah. I got to say, she had some knockout talent in her in her uh, class. There was uh, one girl specifically who, like, I wasn't really critiquing anymore. I was kind of just admiring yeah, right. her work. It was it was so like um like rounded out and just like she she knew what she was doing. Yeah. She knew what her look was and she stuck to it and right. it was really cool. But yeah, Sally's Sally's really cool. I think that there's um you know, as far as art goes, I guess 
my my daughter's a freshman in high school right now and she is a, a pretty good artist but i will say that being at these comic cons and seeing the art style of different people along with the computer applications and being able to do so much stuff photoshop and online and procreate and stuff i think that now more than ever people are becoming their they're they're finding their own voice like you're saying as far as art mm-hmm. like her style or whatever she did yeah now the way you said that it could be anime it could be cartoony it could be straight up comic book it could be realistic i don't know but the thing is i think there was a point in time where you know even when i was in high school there were a lot of people that were like kind of okay at art but if you weren't the best or you couldn't just like mimic like what was popular or realism yep. you weren't like considered that great yeah. So I think that as far as guys in their 30s like me or even girls, a lot of them stopped doing art because they weren't the top five guys at the high school or five people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But now you look at it and it's like if somebody wants to do like giant eyes and only cats, like there's a web- <laughs> there's like literally a website on Facebook that's like people who draw giant eyes and cats. Yep. Like, like everyone's able to like say, no, like this is my style. I'm going to roll with it. Yep, you know, and, so, and and so it, it's cool seeing like a lot of and doing the comic con stuff. We have the whole artist alley in the second um vending hall where it's like people all over West Michigan. We have just crazy amounts of talent in the area where yeah. some people don't realize like you don't have to go to Chicago to see like really talented people. Mm-hmm. Like there's people that live 25 minutes away from you that are crazy skilled. You know when it comes to art. Yeah. And I, I think I think that's amazing. I mean, like you said, with uh, I guess uh, where we're at, um, internet wise and like uh, social media and everything, um, art has become very um unapologetic in a very good right. way, right? Because um, I mean, like you said, there are forums and uh, Reddit's and all these different um sources where you can find certain things. Hell, hashtags, right? Big eyes with cats. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You exactly. can find anything you want, and it's. It's so cool to see that even even being in a Joel's store today, yeah. Um, just looking at even the product design, um, there was a uh, a flash, um, a creative or a creative oh, yeah. style, or creative series. It's weird looking, but it's cool. Yeah, it's so badass, and I never, if I wouldn't have saw that, I never would be like, I need to see the flash in this almost horror zombie look where right. he's kind of lanky in the in the limbs but he's like kind of bulky in the head like yeah i would never would have thought i needed to see that until i saw that at your store and that that's what i love about where we're at uh art based is yeah. things are so I completely uh, like, unapologetic and i mean looking at this samurai iron man like yep. somebody was like no we have to see we have to make samurai marvel <laughs> characters or samurai star wars characters yep. you know uh fig arts and so it's yeah it's it's crazy i think we're just I mean, we're lucky to be living in this world right now with just so much of this stuff around us that we can just kind of consume. And you, I mean, you guys got content once a week. You guys are doing content, and mm-hmm. it's new content. I mean, it's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Go. I saw. I saw you were loading up. Oh, I was thinking of funny quips, but I'm good. No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like you, you started kind of far away from your mic, and you got like closer and closer. So I was like, "Yes." I was just thinking about how I could uh, make some great stick figure uh, artwork, and it could be the, it could. I don't know. Maybe it could be the best stick figure artwork there is in the world, and I could be famous for it. So I was like, "Unapologetic, bitch." <laughs> He's like, "This is me. Take it or leave it." <laughs> best straight lines you'll ever see. Hey. I can't draw no straight lines. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest. Ever since I broke my hand, 
It's so hard to make a straight line. My shit like jumps everywhere. I'm like, oh, you got this, <laughs> I got this Procreate app on my iPad. Oh, that is so you just, hold, you just hold it and then it straightens the whole thing for you. I'm like, all yeah. right. It's like a straight up, it's like a 90 degree and it's like, nope, that was straight. <laughs> straight up horizontal. Auto tune of drawing. <laughs> yeah, pretty much the T paint right there. <laughs> exactly. The T paint of artists. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, so yeah, moving back to, um, well, just real quick, just like I said, uh, just want to give a shout out to uh, Sally from over at that tech center. Ooh, heck yeah! Yeah, thank Sally. you from uh, from it's me been and almost Matt. a probably a decade. I should go. I should stop and say hi to her. She, yeah, yeah, great I, teacher, man. I recommend any anybody too that listens to this. That if you're in high school and you have the chance to to take um, design or graphics at at the tech center, mm-hmm. um, I think it's very very much worth it for sure oh yeah it's i mean it's free and she has an abundance of knowledge and the great that what i loved about um the way she taught like um so me personally i went to holland high school and mm-hmm. we had a uh, graphic designer uh well uh, program and it was it was good like it, it kind of taught me basics and everything yeah but with her she was so good at seeing what you were talented at and what you Kind of needed work on and kind of working bit like on that basis with every single sure. student. Yeah, and that's what it, like that shows such a like a, a great teacher. Oh, for sure, I completely agree. Yeah. But, uh, shout out to you. Thanks, thanks for all the uh, the growth in this. Did, was uh, there this just a sound game. effect? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Juan, Juan, Juan is oh, you here, guys by are the legit way. here. Juan, huh? Hit it again. Yeah. Hit it so again. so there's not a. <laughs> Not a uh, fifth mic, so Juan's just kind of off in the distance doing his his thing. That's all so. he has to do is a sound effect. Yeah. <laughs> Juan's having so much fun sitting on the uh, on the computer guys looking things up. Yeah, that uh, that thing in front of him is so awesome. It's our little stream deck. Yeah, and we have so many different sound clips, and uh, it's really cool. I'm I'm starting to learn how to use it more. But each one of those buttons is its own little screen. So okay. we have we have gifs running through like we have a Michael Scott that's what she said yep. and yeah. there's a gif of him saying that and each one you can you can find him like that it's it's really cool nice but yeah it, it's making it a uh, a lot easier to to work with that's really cool but um yeah so we're we're don't, progressing don't mess around I like <laughs> this this is uh, yeah. more did last time when when we were in um Steve's I think we were in your kitchen yeah no yeah the dining room the yep. dining room yeah they. We just had a table and I think a mic. Yeah, one mic in the middle. One mic in the middle. <laughs> Picked up all the birds, uh, the fans, <laughs> <laughs> people driving by obnoxiously. <laughs> I was like Honda. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, up. yeah, we're we're trying to we're trying to move. <laughs> but that that's awesome. See that that means a lot to me. Like I, I I'm sure it means a lot to everybody here. But that's cool for somebody to. Like especially somebody that we've had on the show before to come back and see the growth that we've had. Oh no, it's awesome, man! I'm glad you guys, you guys are still doing it. We need more stuff like this. Like I said, locally, I mean, just just being creative. I think it's in our blood, and even if it's just to talk and critique and talk about cool movies and and comics and different things like that. Um, yeah, I'm all down. Well, speaking of comics, you've got a couple of them that well, one's yeah. one's out already, but one's on its way soon. Yep, one's out already. That was last year's Kickstarter. That was um, Defenders of Eden, and I appreciate um, your guys' co-host here, Joel. He was one of our backers at the higher level, so his face oh, nice. is actually coming up in a future issue. That's um, awesome! Actually, oh, super <laughs> excited about that in the comic book, which is going to be very cool. Um, that one we are currently coloring issue two. And that's just kind of a it's it's a hassle of a process. 
um so and we just have the one colorist on it so he's he's doing what he can mm -hmm. um but he's he's plugging away at that um but then more recently um defenders or excuse me disciple six i just kick-started and um, we are delivering that on february 15 so um to all nice. the backers of that i was uh, showing joel some artwork earlier but <laughs> um it's coming along and it's um i guess if i describe uh defenders of eden more like thundercats he-man style yep. this is more of uh x-men meets ghost rider supernatural you know a little bit of hellboy in there um type Ooh. of story oh, <laughs> oh. you just spoke his language right there uh, hellboy um, is all up in yeah um but but yeah so um that's like i said that's going to be delivered to our backers february 15 and um one of the cool um little things i got today our artist on it carl um who is out of uh south africa out of cape town um he actually just posted on his facebook page he is officially picked up by DC Comics. Oh, He's hey. drawing a Batman book. No. <laughs> yeah, so. Congrats <laughs> to him. So, yeah, so it's like, I'm like, this is kind of cool. I have that little bit of, like, little cred as far as, like, yeah. one of my yeah. artists is, like, picked up by one of the big brands. So so that was really cool, to, and, and congratulations to him. So he's going to have a lot of work to be done um, after this issue. But um, What's his name again? His name's Carl. And his last name is pronounced Moser. I think Mo it's it's spelled Mozart, but I don't believe okay. you pronounce the T. But I could Moser. be completely wrong. He could be he. I, <laughs> well, uh, um, yeah. I mean, if you if you all want to check out Juan's finding the Juan's like, finding these he's ancient like, pictures of old white dudes. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. So if you are interested in uh, checking out his work and uh, looking that up, I highly suggest you uh, pick up uh, Defenders of Eden issue one. And uh, if you want to see something like like right away, like right now, you want that. Um, yeah, if you go instant. to my Deci Disciple 6 page to see Carl's work um, on Facebook, the Disciple 6 page, um, he uh, has his pinups of some of the characters on there. Um, but, yeah, it's I mean, it's clean stuff. It's it's I mean, it's traditional kind of comic book style art. So, yeah, um, where, like I said, um, Defenders of Eden was a little bit more kind of cartoony, um, pretty colorful. Um but yeah, yeah, that that's incredible. I mean, does does that mean a lot to you, uh, considering that um, now? I mean, he's big leagues now, and right, uh, part right. of his, which I'm guessing a big part of his portfolio is your work so far. Yeah, that's so cool. I mean, does does that mean so? What does well, that mean well, to it, you? It it means a lot. It, it's it's one of those things where and, and shoot, now I'm remembering last time I was on this podcast, I started just rambling all crazy. Uh. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, no, no, we, we, we're ready for it. <laughs> but, no, as far as, because, again, this stuff, I mean, I've had Disciple 6. I I created Disciple 6 when I was a junior in high school, and so that was when I was 17, 16 and a half, 17. I'm turning 36 this year. So, like, this stuff has been in my head and in my heart for such a long time. And, I mean, a, one of my original characters was named after two kids in my class, like at <laughs> Careerline Tech Center. Um, and so seeing... My sketches, I send them to this guy, and then seeing what he can do with my stuff, and he obviously makes it better. I mean, I, there's no denying that. Um, you know, for for everybody that is like a, a Stan Lee, there's you know a Jack Kirby or you know somebody that's doing the the artwork. Um, and so I'll never deny the credit due where it is because um, without these people, I would I wouldn't be anywhere. I'd, I'd still be sketching on my pad at home. You know, like mm -hmm. I have been since I was ten. And so. Um, yeah, man, it's 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 cool. And so I think that the best case scenario for me is that 
once his Batman book lands and people see his name on it and yep. buy that book and then they Google search his name and then they find this other project that he just did half mm-hmm. a year before. Um, I think that that, I mean, the sky's the limit. So when we're th- this book right now, Disciple Six, um, it's a five issue arc. Um, so we're going to do five issues of this arc. Um, and then Defenders of Eden is ongoing. So that one just kind of will continue to go as long as as long as people want it and we can make it. So, yeah, I was going to ask you about that, actually. Um, do you have like a, a story in, in your mind as far as where you want to go with that series and, and about how long? Defenders can... of Eden? Yeah. Yeah. Defenders Ooh. of Eden issue. I have seven issues outlined already. Um, I have storyboards for four issues and then um, I'm sending him the storyboards for issue three as soon as issue two is done being colored so so yeah there's i mean there's there's kind of these plot points through time with it where where i see a certain point in time and then i kind of have a little bit of filler and a little bit of story to create before we get there um but there are definitely some kind of key moments through history um and through the story that that we want to hit you know at the end of each issue or at the end of each kind of arcing overarching issue which is you know five to seven issues usually so yeah we have we have we have I don't know, man. It's it's cool because it's one of those things where you're thinking so far ahead at time, and and so like this issue two that you guys are about to see this year, within the next I'd say four months at latest, is um a story that kind of grew out of necessity because we needed. I mean, we needed a little bit of filler, and so we were like, okay, so what do we have them do? What would they naturally do after this happens? Sure. And so like kicking our ideas okay well they would they'd help rebuild the walls like they'd help like fix the city up and you know and then they're going to go and they're going to recruit a couple more characters you know that type of thing so i mean um some of it's kind of um you know natural in that sense um but then uh, other pieces of it were like okay this would be cool if they ended up here and then what would happen if they didn't want if they weren't welcome you know because this civilization um frowns upon technology and they're not about anything technological they're like kind of more of an ancient race of people they're more of this like aztec um city and so we kind of explore these you know different parts of the world because that that whole world itself is i mean you have disciple six which is like the city you know and that's it's just called the city and and we don't get too in depth in that side of the story but with defenders of eden there's we have our whole map we've got our cities we've got our races we've got our cultures and so there's so much more to explore as far as kind of world building where disciple 6 is more about character building about the the six characters that are kind of the main i call them the cast that's basically the hero group um and they reside in this this sanctuary this old abandoned church where you know on street level it's just this decrepit old church and, you know, you take the elevator down and then you basically have, you know, the danger room or, or you know, think Star Trek style, like, you know, as far as uh, technology, you know. So it's it's very, okay. like, undercover, you know, Batcave-ish. Um, but, yeah, that's, that story, Disciple 6, is definitely very character-driven with the whys and the hows and the, you know, just kind of your normal stuff, purpose, destiny, you know, why was I chosen? Um, am I worth anything? You know, a lot of just kind of relatable, relatable character stuff um, where I'd say, you know, 
Defenders of Eden is, is a little bit more kind of fun and outlandish. I mean, we're talking about giant blue dinosaurs and stuff. <laughs> yeah. so. A lot more whimsical, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure, for the sure. More, the more 80s action oh, style for sure. yeah. and yeah. everything. Yep. Now, you were, obviously these, these projects were funded primarily through Kickstarter. Y- yeah, so. you know, half and half. Um, I, I take pride in the fact that I, I, I work to pay for my stuff. So one of the best advices, advice, best piece of advice, I got... <laughs> um, was from a, a local <laughs> editor and graphic designer. His name is Gary Scott Beatty. He's out of Muskegon. He's been to my Comic-Con a couple times. And um, Gary, he's in the comic game. He's been in it for decades. And he does very good work. And I said, man, I'm thinking about kickstarting this book when I was doing um, Defenders of Eden. And he said, well, it's called Kickstarter. It's not called Fund My Book. So... You know, you could say, hey, X amount per each artist equals amount I need funded and then not get your book greenlit and not get the fan base to kind of grow. Right. Or you can say, what's a realistic number to raise? Can you put in money out of your own pocket to fund the rest? And then you actually have a successful Kickstarter. It looks a lot better. You have a fan base. People are already buying it. Um, and that's where we're like, you know what? So, so yeah, the number that we tried to reach on Kickstarter was not the overall cost by any means, but it was definitely very helpful to get that amount so that it was less out-of-pocket work for me. And then also, again, how Kickstarter is in general and Indie, in Indiegogo and all that stuff, it's it's – the platforms, I mean, it's so cool to be able to build build your audience while you're making something. It's a good gauge for demand, I feel like, to, to see oh, like for, who for sure. really wants to see yeah. my project, you know? Right. Um. So as far as future issues, like for Defenders or Disciple, those won't be really through Kickstarter. How, where are we going to find you, you, these you necessarily? Know, well, like right now, uh, Defenders of Eden is at a couple of comic book shops locally here. And, um, you know, I'm, I've been selling PDFs online to people that just they – you know, look me up and they're like, Hey, I want to get your book. I didn't get it. Um, so I've been selling PDFs of it, but I've been told to go both ways. I've been told by people to say, Hey, the Kickstarter again. I mean, you've got your fan base out there. You can send it to your, they they want the story. They want issue two. Definitely. Then they'll, you can have a lower level. That's, Hey, if you missed issue one, here it is. So, so most likely we'll probably go that route because of the ease of it. Um, until I have a handful of books under ideas from Mars where I can look into Diamond and look into actually like getting more of a nationwide scale where, you know, I've talked to my buddy Travis who runs Source Point Press and uh, he's a, a local publisher out of Michigan and, and they they sell a lot of books and they're across the country. And, and so I've been just kind of picking away at his brain on, on this idea of kind of, because again, you can have the coolest idea ever. But like if if you don't have the platform where people to hear it or see it or or experience it, yeah, I mean it it is what it is, and and so I'm not trying to say I have the coolest idea ever, but I definitely <laughs> think that there's people across the country that would like to pick up this book and think, oh, this is pretty freaking cool, you know. And so I think that, you know, no one has, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I probably said it on your podcast, I don't believe that there is an 100 percent completely new idea left as far as the creatives i i I just it's impossible i agree same thing with same thing with music i mean there's whatever but at the end of the day 
all my job is to do is to make something as creative as possible, as unique as possible, and with a lens that hasn't been looked through yet. And so, yeah, because I did say it last time I was on here, the, the example I gave, I'm not a Twilight person, but there are vampires, there are romance novels, and there are werewolves. And that chick twisted the lens just <laughs> enough that everyone was like, holy shit, this stuff is cool. And like little <laughs> kids and little girls were like, this is the best stuff ever. And like, yeah, it might not be, but she did her job as a writer to make it unique and interesting enough to a certain demographic. And so I think the same thing with me that like, I hope that with Defenders of Eden, like I uh, scratch that itch that people have that like, oh, I like kind of, I don't have to have such a serious book all the time. And I, I don't need to read about, uh vampires all the time or you know the walking dead all the time like i can like enjoy a just a fun cool book that like i can read or my little kid can read you know type of thing and so the same thing with d6 is like yeah if you're interested in the concept of you know afterlife and death and spirit and spirituality and all that stuff but like on a realistic level like of just hey everyone has these questions and that's where like me, my character Griffith in it is like, he's like the why, the why question, like why? Like, cause everybody has that question, like why? And so that's my way of getting this out into the world of being like, no, why, why are you different? What is your purpose? Why are you here? Are you able to do good? Are you meant for evil? Are you meant for good? Is it choice? Do you have choice? Is it fate? Is it destiny? All those things. I mean, we see it through all these comic books and we see it through all these cartoons and, and movies but my job, hopefully I've done it, is twist it just enough where people find it interesting and, and a little bit more fresh. And I mean, same ingredients, different meal, you know, type of thing. So, Yeah. Is, is there, uh, without like giving too much about the, the book, is there any way to, um, I guess, reach in and give a brief description of each character, like the, the roster? Yeah. Just so yeah. people know, like, because if I'm well, sure I can we're going to talk more. And that's the thing. To give away some stuff about the book, I don't think it's giving away too much, like, to give you all the, the complete kind of overarching concept of, like, so so basically what happens is we're dealing with death. So everyone in the cast has died. And... We learn about this through the t the timeline, but each person dies at a different point in time, and they are given the question, continue into the afterlife or go back and serve this purpose. And so as I was growing up, I always found it fascinating that like people like Ghost Rider or Hellboy or Johnny Constantine, like it was always like the evil supernatural power that was able to like give badass powers and like send people <laughs> back. Yeah, like Spawn like spawn mm -hmm. you know and like this is cool but like one of my favorite tv shows um a while back i mean it's been on forever it's still going but um supernatural did it so well where like they're dealing with like goblins and ghosts and demons and all this stuff and then i was like season five or six like all of a sudden sam's like or dean's like i don't believe in this angel crap and his younger brother sam's like looks at him like We've been fighting demons for like five years. <laughs> like, why right. wouldn't you believe in an angel? Like, that's <laughs> the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. And they did it so well in this story where, like, even a normal person that isn't, if you're like sitting at home and you're not, you don't consider yourself spiritual or you're atheist or whatever, but like to think about good and evil, like, and then two sides of the same coin type of thing, 
they did it so well in this TV show representing like, wait a minute, I've been enjoying all of this evil stuff, like, which is cool, like demons and all this ghosts and stuff in this, in the show. And then they introduced angels and you're like, wait a minute. Well, yeah, I guess so. Like, I guess like, I can't, I can't be too mad about yeah. it. Like, like it, but it does make sense. Can't have one without the other. Right. right. And so, so for, for us, um, I'm, I, I always thought, I always thought, why, why don't they, <laughs> Steven's be, being told to put his mic closer to his it's face. always oh. a problem. Always a problem. Always. I've heard Get about it the in problem. your mouth, Steven. Get in your box. Um, Get in your box, boy. So, so, yeah. So, basically, I always thought, why couldn't, and again, whether you think it's God or whatever God you might think it is, but in, in my book, like, everything's very generalistic. Like, it's the creator, the maker, the artist, whatever you want to call him, but, like, a good supernatural character grants these powers. So this this first story arc goes along these lines. One of our characters, Zacchaeus, is from this uh, future that's kind of dystopian. It's um. Have you ever seen the movie Equilibrium? Crazy good movie. It's with Christian Bale. Oh, yep. it's futuristic. It's very gray. Tay Diggs. <laughs> yep. Um. So equilibrium, divergent, this the future where like creativeness is squashed for the sake of peace and for the sake of like no one having feelings because then there won't be any wars and all this other stuff. So <laughs> he comes from this type of future where everything's so bad that he's allowed the opportunity to go back into the past at a certain point in time and change the course of history. And this issue specifically and this arc, the next four issues, deals with why was this point in time the time he was chosen? Because he doesn't know why specifically it's this time he's sent back to, but he's sent back to a specific point in time where he can alter the history to not turn into that. So basically, shit's hit the fans so much that God is like, I need you to, I'm going to send you back and you're going to fix this timeline. So that's, I mean, for lack of better terms that's kind of what happens so yeah um he's from the future um you have um from the medieval period is um a character named robinson um he's kind of your uh russell crowe gladiator ish kind of guy Hell yeah um his power is a force field and he specifically uses it as a force shield so he has kind of a shield that he makes um because he's this protector because when he died he couldn't protect his family or himself so a cool thing about the story, and, and you guys are going to love it and your, your fans are going to love it, is that each of their powers comes from their inability when they were alive. So, for instance, okay. um, Grace Chambers, who was a doctor when she was alive, when she dies tragically, she becomes the team's medic in my book, and she, her name's Remedy, and she can heal. Mm-hmm. So the thing about the powers, though, is that we're not messing around with just like, okay, heal. First, yeah, she can heal a wound, but is healing her real power. So we established throughout the series and throughout the whole lore, because, I mean, you build up this world in your mind for so long. Okay, now she can heal a, a thought. Somebody has a bad a nightmare they don't want to remember as a kid. She can heal a thought. Okay, but what, cool. but, but, what, but what is she actually doing? Is she healing it, or is she making it new? Is she making it right? Is she making it whole again? So, for instance, let's say this glass window or this this TV screen is shattered. What if she touched it and it started to glow and then it, it 
reformed or the glass on the window started stitching itself back together and made it new or a sword that was chopped in half she could hold both blades together and it and it reformed because what if her gift isn't just healing quote unquote but it's actually just to make things as they should be we could change okay. this green bay setup in here <laughs> oh my god <laughs> It'd be a lot. She'd be tired after that. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, she can make everything new. She can make things as they are supposed to be, be. as they're as whole, whole again, basically. So, so it's not just so. So, there's this evolution of powers with with each of their power sets, to where it's not just limited. It's not just okay. You can shoot lasers out of your eyes, nothing ever again. Like, there's this kind of more of an evolution to their their power sets. So. So they start to discover it as they go on. As they go characters. on through the, as they're learning and they're honing in on their skills, they realize, well, it's not, it's not that simple. There's so many more layers to it. So do they realize once they come back and everything that the power that they get is what they lacked in life, like how he couldn't protect, he has a shield mm-hmm. and she. Right, right. So, so each of their powers, it's it's directly connected to why, are they why or how they died, like um. So you have Hazard, which his name's Anthony Childress. He's this this giant slave guy, and he um he basically is is murdered by his slave owners. And his last prayer, like right before he dies, is "Don't let them break me." And then he realizes in his head, he's like, "They can't break me. They can't break me. They can't break me." And when he dies, he he now he has he's indestructible. He can't he can't be broken. So in his That's afterlife, awesome. he he Think can't be, he can't be broken because he realized. That 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 this body was a vessel type of thing, you know. And then he goes. Um, we have his his picture. Um, my buddy um, Matt Baker out of Australia, this phenomenal ex Disney artist who has helped me along with this book for the past ten years. He added a newer Kickstarter level um, to Disciple Six, and he did a pinup of um, Anthony, um, and it's on our Facebook page. Is that the one where he's in the blue? Y- yeah, yeah, the black mm-hmm. dude with the with the blue shirt on. He's it's our profile yep. picture, but um, yeah, he he's an awesome artist, and so shout out to Baker, but um, but yeah, so along with those, those few, <laughs> I forgot the I forgot, <laughs> my bad. Um, so yeah, then there's and then there's Rook, who um, whose name is Zacchaeus, and then there's um, Cordite, um, whose name is Aunt Abel, uh, Kissinger where each of them have, again, powers connected to deaths. And, um, and then obviously we have kind of our main character who, who was my first character I ever created was, um, his name's Cole and, um, Cole Maddox and he's called the Griffith. And so again, building this world with this lore, you guys like, basically you guys right now are like my wife, but my wife's like, you've told me this a hundred times. And so (laughs) I'm because she's like so happy that I'm telling other people all this stuff and getting it out of my head. <laughs> but um, but so so and I've told this story again, building up the lore of the world. There's a reason why griffins and angels are considered myths, and in my world they're the same thing. So picture a police sketch artist, and he's like, okay, there was like an sighting. And like, okay, well, um, what did it look like? And the person's like, well, I shut my eyes because it was like too bright, too bright. But like the wind was blowing, the wind was blowing. And so the sketch artist is drawing these like big wings. And they're like, well, the ground shook. The ground shook. Oh, and drawing these like lion's feet, you know. And, and so some of the artists like ended up interpreting it like this, like more of a beast, like 
eagle slash lion. And then some of the other artists interpreted it as like a human. Mm. But like it's one and the same thing. So like angels are griffins and griffins are angels in my lore. And so this from Griffith's standpoint, Cole, his standpoint is who am I? I'm this freak of nature. And he's basically a, a fourth dimension spiritual angel that's kind of stuck in this third dimension and on earth and nobody knows why or how he's here. And so he's kind of navigating through life himself as well. And so he ends up tagging up with the team too, and they end up um, saving him um, from getting dissected. So that was a cool, a cool image that we have where, you know, he gets his legs chopped off and his wings being dissected and the, and the good guys break down the door and they jump into the lab and he's, he's on the table and he's all covered in blood and everything. They save him before they cut off the second wing. So he ends up having these, these things I call stilts that are kind of represent his legs. And then he's got his airfoil, which is his other wing that kind of counterbalances his, his real wing. Um, so he kind of becomes this not cyborg per se, but he's got a couple of mechanical parts that he like in the first issue. I mean, he, he like clips them off and like clips off his wing, you know, type of thing. And so, um, a lot of little pieces about the story have been building up. And so now it's so nice to like get it down and flow. Like issue one takes place in one day. Like it's like one night through the entire night is issue one. And oh, I was wow. reading it the other day. I'm kind of doing some edits. I'm like, this whole thing pl- takes place in one day. Like I didn't, re- <laughs> I didn't even realize like, I'm just like one day, one, one day I just spent and it's one issue where like, Got a lot more stuff to tell, like, but, that's, but that's, I guess, not a problem to have. But so, so that's, I guess, a little bit, you know, into some of the characters and kind of uh, what to look forward to, uh, you know, about Disciple Six. You introduce any of the villain? Um, yeah, yeah. Basically, the the uh, the protagonist um, and then the antagonist. Um, so we have they're called the white suits, and easier said this way but like weapon x you know how like wolverine has oh, this, sure. like, this company yep. that's like kind of looking for him type of thing mm-hmm. the white suits are looking for him and the white suits appear man it's it's such good stuff dude um the, looking for <laughs> yeah yeah okay so they're under this company called sanit um sanitary LLC and they're a cleaning company. So it's like this cleaning company front and they have these vans and they sell cleaning products and stuff like that. But That's they're awesome. like these men in white suits with like glasses on, like sunglasses on. And um, they've been throughout history and time. And so, man, none of your people. Yes. Uh, right. <laughs> Someone's listening to scribbling down ideas on paper. Oh, all right, here we so, go. So, so I took this from, and some of this stuff, obviously you write what you know. Mm-hmm. And so I will say fully uh trying to open sorry, Christophe. I'm trying to open my iPad. You guys can't hear that. Um one thing that some people have been scared of, they're like, Oh, well, does this sound book it sounds too religious? I'm like, it's not at all. Like I've like just let people know straight up, like it's religious in the way that like again, a Hellboy or a Daredevil or something like there are religious themes within it for sure. But, like, I wouldn't consider it at all a religious book in that sense, you know? Like, I'm not, like, publishing a Christian comic book, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. And, right. and the thing is, like, I, I can see why some people might get that. But I just from you explaining it and listening to all this, uh, like, the lore of it, yeah. I, don't, I don't get that at all. I don't I don't see it being something like that. Like, uh, I've been going to the movies a lot, and I've every time I go, they play this trailer for this movie about this kid who drowns and... 
by the power of prayer, he's brought back to life. Uh, and it bothers me every time I see it. I'm yeah. like, that's so preachy, and it's like, and it's yeah. teaching you the wrong thing. Right, right, right. It's like, right, why right. does this girl get the gift of yeah. her son? And coming then, like, back literally, the person does. watching it is like, going like, through shit. <laughs> my my son also drowned. Yeah, and I was screaming to God, and exactly, he was not saved. Like, right. it's it's like oh, the man. it's like the Christian or well, even just the religious feel good movie, and I'm like. God, I get so mad every time I see the trailer. Right, right. But this doesn't seem like like it's a anything to crit. Like mm-hmm. how, you best said it with uh, supernatural. Right. It it takes part with, um, it, it's almost reversed though. It's right. like yeah, it has that that aspect to it, but it also has the dark theme to it. Oh, for sure. So I think that's really cool, and yeah. if, I I really hope people don't see it as something like that. Yeah, me too. And then really and isn't. you know, and that's and there were a, a few years back where I was like kind of deciding like okay and like we like well should you name it something different that like sounded less religious and like honestly though we write what we know like we really do especially like as a writer like i grew up in the church like there's some really cool cool shit in the bible there's some really cool stuff in the bible and there's some really crazy stuff in the bible like like i like like i like it as a religious text but i also like it as a creative text like i i think that there's some there's some there's something where like in the old testament like in the kings where the dude He's like, I want to drink from that well. And he's, they're like, but sir, it's behind enemy lines. And he's like, I'm thirsty for that well. Like, go get me some water from it. And like some dudes, like three guys go across, they like kill a bunch of dudes just to get water out of this well for their captain. Mm-hmm. Like, that's pretty cool. Like, <laughs> like, like so it could be like a, a badass uh, Frank Miller story. <laughs> yeah, right. oh, yeah. For sure. And so, so one of the things that I I was writing with this story was, um, in the Bible, um, God said, or Jesus says, after I'm gone, you will do greater things than even I did. And so then I had this idea. I'm like, okay, so what if there was like the first superhero group, right? So picture like, there's a couple of fishermen. There's like a, like, there's like a, um, a carpenter, there's a, a, a farmer and they're all doing their day jobs. But then like at night they're doing like exercising demons out of people like they're doing like this like badass like supernatural stuff you know but like they're like in these white hoods okay and they're all given this power to see the fourth dimension so stuff okay and so but then there's a couple that like kind of start getting like a little bit power hungry and then they start thinking okay well well we're gonna exercise this demon out of this person and, and then we're gonna kill that demon like that person's a weak person like they let a demon inside of them. Like, why don't we just kill it with them inside of it? Like they're a weak person. Like you start getting this like power hungriness. Okay. And so we start seeing this like divide where there's like 15 to 20 of them. And then a few of them, like because of their power hungry nature, they start seeing the fourth dimension less. They can't see like powers. Oh, okay. So then all of a sudden they convince, they like do the circle up and they're like, Hey, really got to do this we feel like we're supposed to so they create this thing called the eye of enoch which is this scepter staff thing with this um piece of glass like um on top of it and so they basically combine all of their powers to see the fourth dimension into the scepter so their leader can if you look through the scepter you can see kind of the fourth dimension and so they basically it was all a sham and they were just getting it so that these the leaders that lost their powers could take the power away from the people that were still good within their group. <laughs> and so, so you have these white suits. And so, so again, it stemmed from good. Like it came from a good place, but man, what we do with most things, we turn it evil. Like we kind of make it selfish, you know, these reasons. And so 
you know, throughout time, there's these white suits. So, you know, through this time, they even try to, um, in Robinson's past, they try to recruit him because he's such a sought after soldier. Um, one of the slave owners happens to be a white suit, you know, um, you know, some of the game members are white suits. Some of the, the people in the, um, uh, the Knights Templar, like it's throughout history. And so it's gotten to this point where it's sanitary LLC. That's kind of their funded their company. And so in this first issue, we don't know what this eye of Enoch scepter is, but on one of the pages, it's in the background of this guy's office and it's like hanging on the wall. And we know he's like the leader of the white suits. And so, um, you know, they're so, so from his point of view, you should be able to see Griffith through the scepter, mm-hmm. but we're seeing him in the third dimension. We're seeing him here. So there's something wrong with that. So that's where, you know, that's where he, they get kicked off. They they go to try to find him. You can right. tell this is like super fleshed out storyline. Like yeah, you, you've mean, given us a lot of thought. Yeah. That's really you, cool. You got two decades of creation, which is awesome. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. We have, like I said, we've like with this one, we have five or six issues. I have like all outlined and ready, kind of ready to go. Um, but there's so much when it comes to world building where it's like, okay, what do I reveal to the reader right now? What do I save and reveal to them later? Because it's a crazy thing. What do I tell them? But I don't tell it to a couple other people in the story so they can, when that happens in the story, you know, then there's a reaction. We're waiting for that. You know, there's those type of kind of writing things that I'm still learning, obviously how to do. And so, um, and then, and then some of the stuff that I think is just like it's just cool. Like he's got one metal wing and one real wing that just looks cool, like visually, yeah. you know. And so there's that type of stuff that you can't really kind of save, I guess, uh, people from seeing because it's too cool to not show. Yeah, you know? it's just it's right in your face and it look. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so the way you describe everything, I mean, like Joel said, you've given us a lot, and uh, just when even before you pull out like the. Uh, the staff and you were showing us that on your uh tablet everything was so like fleshed out just from you explaining it that i like even in my head i'm i'm like rolling uh nice. like imagery and everything yep. and that that's how i i'm in the same boat I, yeah that's how i run things uh in my head like um there's there's a book that me and juan uh read that i'm pretty sure i talked about it more than a few times on the podcast called battle royale Okay, and I remember when I was reading the novel, it was it was almost playing through like a movie in my head, and that, that's how I, cool. I do things. And that's just I I've watched so many movies that I have to see things in that form. Yeah, and uh, then we got the anime, and it was it was just as awesome. But what what led you ar- like along the lines of doing a comic book as to where like you could have money. Okay, and see that's what I wanted to know. I like is there something oh, like dude, would is, you is, have, like right now like. Mm-hmm. If you got me inside the door of the execs at Netflix, mm-hmm. like this would be an animated movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this this first arc, like it would totally be an animated movie. Like seeing how well they do, um, like especially I give some people are DC haters. Like I'm not the biggest fan, but I will give them props when it comes to animated movies. Like they're the best. DC yeah. knows what they're doing when it comes to that stuff. Well, you know, I'll say this. Just I know this is a little off topic. I was I was gonna say this. Seems a little weird. That with Aquaman mm-hmm. being like so to me was like a good like they nailed it and yeah. then so it's their first time like doing a really good movie right and then Into the Spider Verse was like Marvel's first time doing a fucking really good animated yeah. movie it's right. like they kind of did the flip flop yeah <laughs> that's funny 
the moons have shifted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the way you described it real quick, I want to touch on that. Yeah. Just from you describing it, like he said, it was almost like a trailer in my head. Right. Like, as you're saying it, and you're like talking about he has one real wing, one one other wing, and he has cybernetic parts and clips them off. I'm sitting here in my head putting my own vision together, but I'm like, as you keep going on about the, the white oh, dude, suits Mike, and everybody, Michael I'm Fassbender like, is, it would be Griffith like right now if I was able to make the movie. <laughs> like Why that, did I keep imagining Magneto the whole time yeah. you're explaining this shit? <laughs> I'm not lying. Like, like that's <laughs> like, 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 no, because, because again, like, like you guys said, you see these movies and like, for me, I don't know how many, um, writers do it but i'll sketch out pages for my artists and i always tell them like hey if you see a better angle if you know how if you want to switch it up or switch the point of view feel free this is just me getting it out of my head you know on the paper and so especially when you kind of running these these images through your mind um you like start i start putting faces to certain people and i start thinking oh who would play this who would play that um if it was a movie but yeah my my dream especially for like my dream for um Defenders of Eden has always been like a toy line. Like I just mm. like a toy line of all these oh guys. God, yes. um, Saturday morning cartoon yeah, with for the sure. toys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but for this one would be um, like an animated. Um, okay, so you want to know my real pitch? All right. My, my real <laughs> pitch. We're going we're gonna to get serious here. Is um, this is just an idea I've had. I would love to pitch to the sci-fi channel. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's a sci-fi channel. I'm going to give you this property. We're going to make an animated cartoon Saturday mornings. You are going to also see how much it costs, or you might already have the rights to some of them. Random, more sci-fi-ish cartoons like Battlestar Galactica had, or Battlestar had a, or Stargate, I think, had a cartoon for a year or two. Like some of these like really weird, like kind of sci-fi related cartoons and if the sci-fi channel started doing a block from 7 to noon saturday mornings you know because then that's a cable channel but they 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 already do kind of crazy stuff too mm-hmm. and they have been known to like kind of reach kind of random places and i know i think that they did the who wants to be a superhero um thing with stan lee did you guys see that one Mm-mm. no really yeah there's two seasons of it they had like 12 to 20 contestants go on it and Stan Lee would be on the TV and they would all be, they were all their own. It, it's called, um, type it in. So you want to be a superhero, bro. I don't have cable. Uh. Okay, this, is like, this is like 10 years old. This is like 10 years old. I haven't had cable for like 10 years. No, that's you've had YouTube. That's yeah, a, but you've had YouTube. You've had YouTube. Okay. Click on that picture right there. That, so who wants to be a superhero? So basically it was like a, um, oh, weird. a reality TV show of these people that were pitching their own superheroes. That's and cool. they had to go through like little events. I mean, it's corny as heck, but again, they've been known to do corny stuff. So I'm like, sci-fi channel. I think it'd be cool to have like a to pitch it to somebody or like a Netflix. Where like I don't know if you've seen recently. We just watched Carmen San Diego last night yep. um, okay. on Netflix with sure. my my kids. It's obviously it back ge- a lot. younger. Very cool update. Um, Stretch Armstrong has a new update, and it's more superhero based. It's called Stretch Armstrong and the Flex Fighters. That's I my... did not know that. That's yep. crazy. It's it's really cool. That one again is geared a little bit younger. Um, they redid Shira. That's got yep. really good um acclaim. Uh, I think it won some award for new animated show. Um, so so yeah, yeah. I it, again, if I had my way, we'd go straight up. Let's make a cartoon of this thing. Let's start it off with an hour and a half kind of intro movie. And then move it into a 
um, you know, a, a half an hour series type of deal. So, okay. um, but yeah. Yeah. See, I, I was just curious just because like how, but yeah, I, I, I guess how well of a storyteller you are when it comes to that. You know how much format. like 10 seconds cost to do animation? Oh, it's gonna be a lot. <laughs> it's like forty grand. Like it's like that's it's crazy. like crazy. It's, it's something crazy, and that's like legitimately like you getting your own art. Like I'm I'm sitting here like, you know, some people lay in bed next to their wives looking at porn. Like I'm like I'm looking at like <laughs> how much it costs to make my own animated movie. <laughs> like that, and then like like a YouTube video of like Bosley like getting me some more hair on my head. <laughs> he said I want to make this cartoon and I want the mullet while I do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh Disciples been funded. Yep. Congratulations yeah. on that Thank by the way. Thank you very much. Man. Yeah. Thank you. Um for those that could not get in on the Kickstarter, yeah. where can they find this comic at when it comes out? Well, when it comes out, it, for sure it will be at out of the box in Zealand, um which is a local um shop that has always uh They've always kind of, how do you say, uh, supported? Supported, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice word. That's a really big word. <laughs> I couldn't is that, remember. Is that a, it's not a comic shop. No, no it's, no, a, it's a, a, a hobby. Toy, yeah, it's toy, a toy, toy and hobby, hobby shop. It's a toy and yeah. hobby shop. But you they, can rent board games and stuff. Yeah, there, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a pretty cool shop. They have one in Grand Rapids as well. Um, and their owners, they went in on Defenders of Eden. They bought the wholesale pack that, like, Gavin at Cardi's, Tardy's uh-huh. did, too. So they bought 20 copies. Um um, at a discounted rate so that they could sell them. And so it was really cool seeing, like, my wife would go in there once every couple of weeks and see that there were a couple more missing. And, like, that, that it feels awesome. cool. And so um, Gavin at Tardy's for sure will have it. Um, and then there's a couple places in Muskegon um, that will for sure have it. But by all means, I'm going to be this. Now I'm 100% in. I February 2, I'm at Byron Center um, Comic Con that's coming up. I'm going to have a t- I'm going to have a table there, and we'll have issue one of uh, – Defenders of Eden, and so I'm going to be starting to do more of the kind of the comic on circuit as far as from a creative standpoint. So um, I will definitely be printing extra copies. So if you can find me at a comic con, or if you look me up on Facebook and stalk me, and I get a message that says, "Hey, I want a book," I will drive you a book um, because I just like, I mean, again, sharing sharing what I got. Got to pass along the good word. Yeah, right. So. Awesome, dude. Yeah. Um, I have a buddy of mine. You ever heard of him? He was from Michigan. I think he moved down to Ohio. His name is Corey Corey Davis. Got him. Okay. He uh, created a a guy named. It's close <laughs> enough. It's touching my fucking yeah, lips. What do you mean it's not picking me up? It wasn't picking. You keep looking to the side. Steve's a uh, talk uh, a soft uh, <laughs> talker there. No, because yeah. when you talk, you're talking like this. You got to be in the mic. There. <laughs> that worked. Yeah. <laughs> now it looks so like anyway, Wilson he on did a, Home Improvement. Because uh, right. you were saying it cost how much for animation? 40 grand for like 10 seconds. Yeah, because I had a, I met this guy last year at this charity event that I did. And he does, he, but his comic, like your comic is like, you know, fucking legit ass, big comic, nice, everything's yeah. done proper. Right. And his is a great comic, but he does a character called Jet Boy. But his comics are like, Oh, they're like little. The, the little, the little ones, sure, okay, almost yeah. like the ash cans. Yeah, but I mean, it's such a good story. But he just, uh, just announced like three or four days ago that his got picked up for an animated series, and he have a little ten second clip. Dude, that's of, so cool. Of, that's amazing. Uh, of Jet Boy flying up, and I was like, now that you say that, though, I was like, 
it, it basically just shows Jet Boy, and then his boots light up, and he takes off, and it's like, and then it's like, and they take the. Jet I think Boy. I saw that because then the background just goes down, 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 yeah. down, 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 and so it's like really, real. But again, learning how to cut corners like that and take something that is two seconds long and making it twelve seconds long, like that's a way. A uh, couple, a uh, couple um, things you can look up. Um, Captain Canuck has like a YouTube, yeah. Yeah, but like <laughs> if you watch it, like it's as cheaply done as possible. Like he's <laughs> every time he's running through the crowd and every time that he's running through the woods, it's the exact same clip. Same scene. <laughs> um, but but yeah, so there there are ways to do that. But I mean, that's the biggest thing is taking ideas from Mars and getting these things where there's enough people following it and there's enough credibility. Where it's hey, I've got a couple Kickstarters under my belt. They were fully funded i've got x amount of viewers on my youtube i've got x amount of viewers on my facebook pages i look more credible and then a place that is an up-and-coming animation studio or whatever they would want to take a chance on somebody like me where they can't buy the rights to you know known property because it costs so much money to get a known property or something like that so so that that's cool man congratulations to him so if you wanted to do like your thing, you'd have to sell off your property to them for them to do it, or, or um, no, there's different ways of handling it. Like some people would want the rights to, you know, you can have the rights to um, just the animated, animated. You can have the the mo- you can keep your own movie rights. Where like somebody like Image Comics, you retain your own rights. So if nice. Image oh, yeah. wanted to pick up one of my books, if a if Paramount Studios came to me or like we want to make a movie of that book, Image published it two years ago and and it got big numbers. They would still have to come to me. They wouldn't have to okay. go to Image. Nice. So, and that's what's cool about Image Comics, um, which hopefully, and I, I I submitted Defenders of Eden to Image, um, and they never got back to me, um, but I plan on uh, submitting this one too to them. But um, again, it's it's the type of thing where like, hey, keep going at it. I'm not going to stop doing it. I'm like, wait for a public, especially in today's day and age where like, you give me a printer and a colorist and an artist, I'll make my own book. I don't need... You know, gone are the days where you need somebody else to do something for you. I think, though, like, if you were to go to any fucking studio and sit down with them and tell them exactly how you told us. Right. I think. The the passion sells it. I I guarantee you somebody would be like, yeah, that right there, right now. Not just based (laughs) off the passion, but, like, to to hear the story. You know, it's Mm -hmm. one thing. A lot of people can pick up a book and read it. And be like, yeah, this is is cool as shit. But when you have somebody, like, that knows it inside out and just tells it to you, you're like, oh, shit. Yes, that right there is. Yeah, I want to hear. I want to read right. that. I want to see it on TV. I want to, you know, I want to really get excited. A bobblehead of it. Yeah, that type yeah, of stuff. Yeah, Funko dude. Pop of that dude with the shield. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? For sure. <laughs> All right. So, um, we we do have some other uh things that I want to jump up to. Yeah. But uh, before we like take off and uh disembark from those two topics, I don't know if you knew this. Um, because I can't remember. Uh, we all said that we wanted to let you know. But um, last year, we uh, had that panel out at Motor City Comic Con. Yeah. And while we were out there, we did some some questions and um, so almost some trivia. And um, the very first question that we asked, uh, somebody answered it. Well, there were actually two people that hand shot up at the same time. So we let them pick, and they had to rock, paper, scissors pick who got first. The very first prize that we had that uh, to give away, they picked Defenders of Eden issue one without knowing anything about it nice and i mean we had some we had some solid stuff up there we had artwork we had uh figures we had a lot of different stuff and somebody from detroit who knew nothing about uh us knowing you or anything like that they just grabbed it they said that it looked very eye appealing and 
they were like, yeah, it just looked that's pretty awesome. cool. And I was like, well, one thing that's really awesome about that that we were really excited about was um, the fact that we know the guy who created that. And I was like, and if you look closely, he autographed it. And she was, like, really excited. Awesome. And then, yeah, so that that was really cool that we took that somewhere and it was the first thing that somebody wanted from our no, table of prizes. That means a lot because, again, that just to help solidify the fact that, like, what you're doing, like, there are people that want to see more of it, you know? Exactly. Um, no, that dude, that's cool. Thanks. Yeah, anytime. And uh, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think we we told you that we took that out there, but yeah, we were really excited about that. And then the second thing that got picked up, which actually is going to segue us into our uh, the next little piece that I wanted to ask you about, was a uh, original poster by uh, Gino Bill Emble, and um, yeah, it Bill. was, I want to say it was a Ooh. Hellboy print. Nice. So, uh, that was the second thing that they picked up off the table, but um, I wanted to ask you, uh, even if it's just like a small thing, because I know it's still yeah. in the works, but you are working on a uh, another title with yeah. with a uh, OG of Not Your Average Nerds, that boy Bill Emble, aka yes. Chino, and um, Basketball Jones. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, that. That posted, or you posted the first yeah, cover I, art. I, I post, I posted kind of a mock-up of the cover we were working with. Um, the the book's titled Ember, which is the the lead character's name. Um, yeah, all it takes is a spark. Um, basically, Ember. Um, that book. Uh, if you remember the TV show Heroes. Oh yeah, um, yeah, it's, yeah. It's very much kind of that type of world, and so this character I created. Have you ever seen um, uh. What's the what's the movie called? Um, Christian Bale again. We'll bring him up, but um, Reign of Fire. Oh yeah, okay? yeah. yeah. Reign of the Reign of Fire with the dragons. Matthew so, McConaughey. So, so, yeah, oh, great movie, dude. Underrated movie. So, uh, uh, the way they describe like the the chemical like reaction in the back of their throats in that movie was just like so cool to me. It was yeah, it was detailed and, as hell. And, <laughs> and so so I created this character that um could breathe fire. And so he has this little bit of birthmark around his mouth, and um, basically his it turns gray, and he breathes fire, and it basically protects his skin from from burning. And so the longer he does it or, or uses his power, the the bigger it kind of gets around his mouth, but it never quite goes away. It kind of just stays around his mouth um, when he's not when he's not doing it. Um, but I created this character, and I just really liked his story and. He was this kind of loner that didn't want he didn't want this gift he didn't want to be this way and um it's kind of about his life and so your your boy bill um obviously i mean you guys know he's just just talented just raw just artistic ability um he can just sketch like a mother and i love his style and so for the past year or so i think maybe a year ago uh we have a mutual friend that he did a, a picture of her online drew a picture of her and i'm like Dang, that's pretty cool. And she's all like, oh, I went to school with him. And so kind of like I knew him through her, but then I knew him through you guys. And so ever since then, I've been and he's like, no, like, why aren't you doing books yet, man? Why aren't you getting in the car? Like you're doing the pinups, but like, I want to see your work. I want to see you do these books. I I just I, I want all the best for him. And so I've been kind of like kind of leaning into him with this idea. And I finally we got together and he uh. He loves it, and he loves the story, and he loves where we're going with this first issue. And so he said, "Yeah, I'll do it." So I'm paying him per page to do, um, to do the artwork on it because again, I could hire 
I mean, the page rate I'm giving him, I could hire this pretty decent artist out of Spain, but I'm like, dude, I know Bill, like I'd much rather pay him to do what he loves to do and what he wants to kind of pursue more than pay some random guy online that I've never met. You know what I mean? And so, um, yeah, we posted that, that picture. and, And so he's got the smoke coming from his eyes and from his mouth. Um, but the opening scene of that book is, or one of the opening scenes is basically the fireman uh, putting down the fire of the house. And it starts by saying, I killed my whole family that day. Um, the, the, <laughs> That's dark. <laughs> and so, and then it says in the dog too. And so this fireman busts into this house and everything's just charcoal black. And then there's this like broken crib on the ground. And all of a sudden, like he hears this baby crying and this baby and it's he's colored all this kind of light gray color. And he oh, picks up him. this baby and he was the and it was when the baby was crying, he burnt down his whole house. And so that's kind of how like his life starts as he's adopted by this fireman. Um, and nobody knows like he doesn't exist technically because um, this fireman like brings him to the to the medic. And he's like, he's like, all of his vitals are fine. Like, what's wrong with like, what is this? And his starts to change back and um the the fireman kind of wants to take him in and so that's kind of how that uh that book starts um but yeah it's very kind of heroes like kind of grounded on like real earth um type of stuff with some supernatural elements sprinkled in superhero stuff where there's another character named um ash in it who's a younger character but he's kind of like the peter petrelli version where he has no powers but he's like Robin. He wants to be a superhero so bad. He wants to save the world so bad. He wants to fight crime. He wants to be better and bigger. And so he's kind of this opposite end where like Ember's like, I wish I didn't have this technically get, you know, this curse, I guess, his from his point of view. And and Ash is like, that's, yeah, yeah that's a gift, dude. Like, I wish I had that. I, I you know, I want to be a superhero. You can, you know, so it's kind of this like, opposite ends of a of a seesaw in that sense um so so yeah we're working on that he's got a couple pages down and we got 24 pages for the book and he's taking his time he's doing his uber driving and and his (laughs) school taking and his family living and um but when he gets times he shoots me texts and and uh we try to we try to connect once a week or or so and i try to stay on top of him but um but yeah that's going to be another another ideas from mars uh, yeah that's a that's a solid uh book for for your uh publication i i mean i gotta say just that that beginning intro uh i mean that has me sold yeah, yeah. Just, just the the yep. idea when you when you're saying um i killed my entire family and then you pause and you said and the dog like, <laughs> I, I don't know some, something about that was it hits yeah it yeah. hits home because mm-hmm. it's it's almost like a like a soft pitch at the end like you you get that like like gut punch but then you get a little bit more of what the characters um well the leads actual characteristics right, are right and uh i i think that's awesome but yeah i mean i i'm sold just by that yeah. one little thing and, and with him too the cool thing about bill is that his style art fits the story it fits the context of what's going on and i think that for ideas from mars ha- him ha- having him on our team like we have our colorful fun book we have our kind of more superhero um, you know, X-Men style book. And then we have this book that's kind of more grounded in reality where they, they look different. I'm not, tr- you know what I mean? I, I want to give people different flavors because obviously yeah. everybody doesn't like every book. You know, some people prefer this and that. Somebody likes Saga. You meet somebody that might not like Saga, but they like East of West, you know, that type of stuff. So 
um, we definitely want to give people different different tastes of different flavors. So, oh and yeah, that, that's awesome that you're uh, working with like uh, essentially different production groups with each thing. I mean, yeah, you have yeah, different for artists sure. for everything. And uh, signing on Chino is so awesome. I, I will say this: that dude is probably one of the best artists that I know, but he's like the most humble because he's constantly. I want him to be like I'm like, dude. You gotta be a dick more. Like, you know, he's, like <laughs> he's like, oh, like I guess I'll take five for that or like ten yeah. for that. I'm like, dude, I'm like, you're stuck. Like, you are legit. Like, I'm like, you're not that dumb. Like, you're not, <laughs> you're not that dumb. You know, you better know you're this good mm-hmm. because. But I don't know if it was his upbringing or the the family life he lives or whatever. But like, yeah, he's legit. Like at first you're like, wait a minute. Like, are you really like you really that humble? Like okay, all right. But then when he's on the court, he he can be a little he can be a little. Mouse, be a little <laughs> he's like, go back to being humble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I uh I remember uh, when we all started doing this, we were constantly pushing him like you need to you need to start getting on the uh the the con circuit and everything. And he oh I, one more year, one more year. I I gotta wait one more. Like I I just want to make sure I'm ready. And when I saw that he signed on for your show, it that meant so much. Like even just as a friend to see yeah. like he's ready yeah. because he is i mean that that reverse flash right behind joel yeah that boy drew that and we were playing it was some type of fighting game he and just so, he's just sitting there he's not even trying yeah and he does and, that stuff yeah and it was in one full round like one match me and juan were playing the game he drew that handed it to juan and he was like uh what's a what's a uh, character that you like and i saw that he drew dc so i was like well i mean realistically my favorite dc character would probably be right around nightwing and he was sat there and he was like ah and he looked at one picture and then boom we started yeah. the next match and like by the time i'm like finishing probably getting knocked out by Juan and whatever the hell we're playing <laughs> he uh hands me <laughs> up uh, he hands me the uh the page and i mean i i still have it and i have it uh pressed in one of my sketchbooks so i can like frame it once i get somewhere to like actually like a nice spot to hang it up yeah and it's it's ridiculous how how good he is how talented he is i mean just that i mean i was sitting over here while you were talking looking at that face i was looking at the artist over here as the uh, ninja turtles and i mean he's ridiculous and the thing with him too is and and i we've talked about it and it's the same thing with my stuff because i'm in the same position but a a different point of view is that if you're with anything i mean we're going to talk like inspirational speeches if if you're going to wait till you think you're ready, like if you guys would have waited for these mic stands instead of doing your ghetto box, <laughs> you know what I mean? You wouldn't have started doing it, mm-hmm. but you started because you have to start somewhere. So like with his stuff, it's like, like if you wait till you think you're ready, no matter what the skill set is, you're going to keep waiting because yep. that's our natural tendency to do. You're never going to be ready because you're never going to think that that picture is good enough. And I'm never going to think realistically, I'm probably never going to think issue one of disciple six is good enough or defenders of Eden is good enough. Oh, I could have added four, <laughs> four more pay. But when we do the trade paperback, yeah, I'm adding four more pages to the fight scene in issue one of defenders of Eden because Hell yeah, it, wasn't long, it, up. it wasn't long enough, but I'm hungry. Um, I need that. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's, it's that type of thing where, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm super stoked for him, man. I'm, I hope, I hope this, and then now he's going to be able to have not only his pinups, at his artist table, but he's going to have a book that say, Hey, this is a book. I drew this book and people are going to be able to see his sequentials. See, so that if a company like source source point press, which is out of Michigan, which is not a huge company, but it's a big, I mean, they do comics full time. Yeah. They'll be able to see his book of Ember and be like, Hey, some work. We got this book that our writers doing. 
all the best. Source point. Oh yeah, I do. I I really enjoy their uh their book uh Nora. Yeah, uh, yeah, Nora, okay, yeah, she's cool. Casey. Yeah, she's she's amazing. She's, she's she, done uh, panels at each of my comic cons. Mm-hmm. We've we've uh, we've great. interviewed her. He's great. Mm-hmm. And uh, then another one by uh, Tyler Souls. Um, and he did a uh, Hank Steiner. Okay. And it was it was almost like a, a detective uh, Frankenstein. Okay. And it gave me like a feel of like. I, I don't know. To me, I, I kept thinking, like, the goon meets Hellboy. <laughs> like, it was just mm-hmm. real goofy, but so good. It, yeah, it's, cool. It's so badass. But, yeah, Source Point is definitely a, a good spot to go through. But, yeah, that's that's but so yeah, cool. Yeah, that's, that's another publishing company that, like, mm-hmm. people assume, for artists especially, too, oh, well, I, if I make it, I'm going to work for it, which is cool that, like, my boy, like, got hooked up with DC. But the thing is, like, besides DC, Marvel, and Image, there's Dark Horse. There's Source Point. There's a bunch of other. Co- there's tons. Boom. I think Boom is one. Aftershock, Boom. Aftershock, Boom. Dynamite. There's a bunch of comic book companies that that want work, that want writers, that want artists. That, I will, I that, will say one that's up and coming too. Well, it's probably actually here by now, but Black Mask. Yeah, I've Black never Mask heard of that. Put out some. Yeah, they put out some good ones like uh, uh four kids walking to a bank. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. that they they put out some good stuff. Yeah. So so yeah, that's I mean. I, I think that it's only going to do well for him and for me as far as our, our partnership on Ember. So, so we're looking forward to it. Awesome, man. Well, I I mean, I know we all wish you all the best of luck. And you keep putting them up for a crowdfunding, we'll keep funding. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. appreciate Absolutely, it, man. I, I actually wanted to, I wanted to ask you something. Yeah. So as for Joel's character, has, has the character design been made out yet? No, it has not. So, so I mean, just, I'm anxious. I, I'm asking like as like you could say no or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but we do this thing where we always put things on the poll. Yeah. And we ask our, our crowd certain things. Would you be opposed to us asking, saying Joel's like this will be used in a comic? Would you think he should have a... Um, like a He-Man esque body, or oh, like dude, the, no. the skin. Yeah, oh for sure. <laughs> you want for sure. No, it's gonna, <laughs> anything, anything you want to do. It's we'll gonna ask, go south so fast. Ask, ask if they'd like to see him as '80s muscles or Olympic runner. <laughs> Man, slash Ethiopian. I want to be a badass. <laughs> no, it was, a it's funny because like uh, when uh, when that Kickstarter <laughs> popped up, and I was like, I, I had known Matt for about a year or two because of the uh, the con and stuff and everything, and I was like, I have to support this. I love comics. I need to I need to support this. And then I'm scrolling through all the different options, and I see this one. It's like your likeness will be in a comic book, and I was like, Oh my god, this is a <laughs> once in a lifetime opportunity. I could be in a comic book. So I was like, I have to do this. And yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I, I will say this. Like a I, daredevil. <laughs> daredevil-esque. Oh, give me yeah. some horns. Yeah, there we no, go. I, I just thought it would be really cool Heck to yeah. uh, to put that on the we'll poll. We'll make like, it work. Guys, we'll make it work. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm right there with Joel. Like, I I sure as hell, especially at the time, I didn't have the money to, like, put in, like, that level. <laughs> but it was so cool. Like, when I opened up the book and I was, like, sitting there and I started flipping through. And then I closed it. And uh, when I went back to my table, the cover opened back up and it had all the names. And yeah. I was like, oh, shit. And I was looking through and I saw my name and I was like, that is so bad. Yeah. Like, to, to me, just to see my name in a comic like yeah. that, that even just meant so much. Like, I was like, that's fucking oh, awesome. Oh, no, man. And, and, and especially for that first run. So what we did was we had that Olympic runner. Muscle. Or eighties yeah. muscle. God, they're <laughs> all gonna pick Olympic runner. It was like some scrawny um, thing. So so the the thing about that was cool was we were able to make it so that 
that first run that has all of the backers supported names in it mm-hmm. that from now forever and, and again i mean we plan we reach for the stars it's like yeah someday there's going to be a defenders of Eden movie and a cartoon and all this stuff but like that's obviously my dream but people are going to know what the first run books look like because they're going to have that name in it so that's anything awesome. that's not first run is going to have our map in the front mm. but anything that's first run is going to be that your, the names are going to be in it because these are the people that started it. So yeah. get, I need to get mine CGC graded then and <laughs> just have that thing mounted on my wall. So, um, so yeah, I I just wanted to, I thought that'd be something fun to do. One last thing. <laughs> do those I, bro arms. Do, those bro, <laughs> do the bro arms. Do the bro arms. Oh, my God. You heard him. Do the bro right. arms. Do, I, do, I do have, that force go up there. <laughs> I have faith in our... Joel, our uh, listening listeners? crowd yeah. and our 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 fan base. That they're I'll tell you pick what, the right thing for me. I, I'm I'm for sure 100 voting Buff. All right. I, I want to see Buff. I just want to see what everybody else says. I know all of us will probably pick Buff for you because that's what we want. You need to. You need yeah, to. I, I want you looking like Prince Adam. <laughs> if, they go, like- if they go with Ethiopian runner, then <laughs> if they went with that, then like to have it somewhere in the book, like he's like running into the scene. Yeah. Because there's like bad stuff happening like in the town over. I'm going to be a fan favorite. You watch. <laughs> oh, I'll, you'll be one of my favorites. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, moving on from. Um, ideas from mars i mean i i gotta say dude i i love your passion i love the uh the how the ideas going into all this stuff i mean you you had me just like kind of sitting at the edge of my seat just listening and um yeah i'm I'm really excited to see what happens with uh you and your team moving forward with all the issues but um we're gonna drop you we're gonna drop two uh we're at the point where we're dropping two dates on your listeners now is that what we're doing what two dates what do you mean dates the dates of shows. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, yep. Let's lay it down. Yeah, yeah. Lay them down. Um, so obviously, most of your listeners know, and you guys have been super supportive, and it's it's been cool building the the nerd community in West Michigan, where like we have you know the Comic Con here. Um, we're in our fourth year. We're going to be at the Double Tree again. It is April twenty eighth. Mark your calendars. Um. One day event, five dollars for adults. Kids are free. We have a lot of fun. Um, I know that occasionally, um, Joel's brought the video games out, and you guys, you guys even had the video games out on that one stage one mm-hmm. year too. Yep. Um, and so I mean, it's it's been cool, and it, it's been cool watching that grow. Now I will say, and that not very many people know, but um, the new Civic Center, that's yeah. that's going to be home for this show. Okay. Um, and it's. Um, this is our most likely our last year at Doubletree just because okay. of funding purposes because it's I mean it's expensive to get in the Civic Center now um, because of the remodel but it's worth it so um, we're going to be moving back over there and we're possibly going to be going to two days we're still kind of working out the logistics nice. um, but there's there's been enough feedback and enough of a fan base in the area and people that enjoy it enough um, that it's like you know we didn't want to bite off more than we can chew at st- to start so we weren't gonna do i've been to two-day shows that like shouldn't have been two-day shows and i mean it just wasn't good um but i think that building it up this way over a handful of years um we could definitely move into the to the two-day show world we can move into the guests and we have like you know celebrity guest world and we're we're kind of dabbling with some of those ideas so um yeah again april 28 so i know you guys have a 
a giant section in our main vending hall. You yep. um, yeah so represent gonna be representing um Holland for sure. Um and then the other date I want to give you guys and not very many people at all know about this, but mark your calendars. Um for September twenty one, two thousand nineteen. It's called Toy Haven. Okay. This is yes. toys only. This is okay. a toys only event. It's happening in Grand Haven. Um, me and the guy that runs Mesquicon, Pete McCarthy, um, who's a, a podcaster up there called uh, My Wife Is Gonna Kill Me. Yep. Yeah. Um, that podcast. Um, yeah, they're good guys, good buddies of mine. They, me and him, he runs Mesquicon. I run Holland, and we think that we want just a straight up toy show. So there's no cosplay, no comics, no artist alley. It's like if you're walking into, and every single booth is going to be toys, whether it be. DC, Marvel, Fig Arts, Turtles, Star Wars, Barbie, My Little Pony, G.I. Joe. I mean, Bronies. We're, we're going with <laughs> a- anything toy related. We are we have a limit of 80 to 85% has to be toys in your booth. And okay, so, that's cool. That is cool. So there's going to be obviously more stuff, but like toy related stuff. It's not, mm. we're not, we're not doing, we dabble a little bit of comics, but um, we're not going to have. Again, co- and and the cool thing about it is we have so many people that do cosplay and cosplay group stuff, and and we have a lot of artist friends too. But they can't use the excuse of oh well, why don't you like us? Because well, we each have a show that like supports you guys too. Like yeah. we just <laughs> like I love, I absolutely love toy shows. I've been to a couple toy shows in Chicago area where like it's like a flea market of toys, and I mean you, everywhere you turn, it's just toys. And so I always wanted to have a toy show like that. So. It's called Toy Haven. Um, we just put up the Facebook page too as well, and so, um, yeah, it's gonna we're gonna start taking vendors in the next month or two, and and it's gonna be just toys. So if you got a lot of toys to get rid of, this is gonna be the place to go. And if you want to buy a lot of stuff, this will be the place to go. So give me your fucking money. <laughs> <laughs> also, I've I've I haven't seen a whole lot of it, but. I would hope I would see like local toy makers. Mm-hmm. Like, Is that a thing around yeah, here? Yeah, I mean, I know, I know. There's one dude in Holland that um, actually Jamie knows him. She used to work with him, and she's tried to tell me about him a few times. Um, I've looked at his work. I forget his name. I'll have to ask her. But he like legit has like dope ass figures, and they're all of his own design. Like, like he's a customizer and, type of thing. Like he'll no, like them. he he draws like how your characters are, and he he actually like print, 3D molds them, prints them and stuff. But, that stuff's becoming more relevant now because three D printers are so much more accessible than they mm-hmm. used to be. I mean, you can just buy one, and right. know, as long as you have the the right programs. Yep. Right. Uh, but this is like he's been doing this for a few years. Where I mean, like That's he cool. molds them. He would mold them out of clay, but like, or plat, like, you know, he would have the prototypes mm-hmm. and then he would find a way to facilitate it to get them actually made. That's, and that's not, cool. And it's, but the thing that was weird to me why I didn't get into them is because, for one, for the most part, for me, the toys that I collect are because I love the characters because of the stories they came from. Right. Whereas his were just like cool as, like, he was like, oh, I want a, a, a figure that's half bulldog, half. Tyrannosaurus Rex and it's right. got this and it's got an armor battle. You know, and he would just make his shit. But I mean, creative as hell. But I mean, for me, I was like, I just you weren't as into what, it. I don't know what the hell that means. I don't know what right. that is. It looks cool as shit, and they were articulated, but it's like 
I don't know where I would put a Tyrannosaurus pit bull in my fucking collection. Um, you know, no yeah, offense but- to do it, but they look so cool. But at the same time, you know, as a collector, you're like, oh, I, I'm, I'm stuck over here where I want to these things I want to buy. Right. Yeah, and I don't know how expensive that stuff can get, but I mean, I know the the only people that I know locally that do that type of stuff i know a couple customizers that they'll take a you know a deadpool figure and they'll put him in a different costume that he's never been in before or or they'll take these pop figures the blanks i know that um uh mb creation customs up in muskegon he does custom pop figures um that turn out awesome and so those are the those are the only two people i can think of that i know of locally but shoot if somebody wanted to come and and sell their own personalized toy. I mean, their own toy line. I'm all about it. I think I'm gonna ask her and pass the word along because I would like to see that. You know, I, I I assume there's a lot of work that goes into that. So mm-hmm. I'd like to just. Start, I don't even know the guy at all. I wouldn't if I were to see pass him in the street. I wouldn't know him. But when she showed me his toys, I mean, I was like, yeah, that's freaking cool. Like if I were to see a Defenders of Eden figure, like the ones that you had your prototypes. Yeah. Oh, I remember like, that. Reading yeah. the stories and everything, you're like, yo. Yeah. I need, I need that. Yep. And so for her, when she, I I understand she was just trying to show it to me, and I was like, oh, that's cool, but I don't even know anything about that. So right. But now lately, you know, I'm more open to a lot of things. So I'm like, it'd be cool just to see people from around the area that specifically love toys and make their own toys. It would right. Be yeah. Really cool to see that. Oh, for sure. Agree completely. All right, and uh, like you said, make sure you uh, mark your calendars for uh, Tulip City Comic Con, and now April twenty eighth. Mm-hmm. And, and now Toy Haven, Toy Haven September 21. And oh. I got to say, I just looked up the page for Toy Haven. I fucking love the logo. <laughs> like the logo? So, yeah. like, we were, like, coming up with logos, right? And so I'm, like, I'm like looking, I'm, like, Toy Haven. I'm, like, oh, like so I already have a couple of T-shirts made, and we're going to make <laughs> yes. them, like, we're going to make them, like, uh, concert T-shirts. Mm-hmm. And so um, the... Uh, the guy who I had do the finalized design, because I'll I'll sketch out this design. I'm like, okay, so it's gonna be obviously the um the band uh logo. And uh he came back. Let me find his email, I'll show you guys. Um so each year Oh yeah, I liked that a lot actually. Anyway, continue. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so it's the Van Halen logo. Yeah. But we turned it into a T and an H, so it's mm-hmm. Toy Haven. And um so that's going to be our main logo, and it's always going to be on the back center, top center of the shirt. But, um, okay. but the one guy from Wicked Illustrations, he did, uh, he's like, shoot. And, and my buddy Pete, that's doing the show with me, he's like, well, what if we do all famous logos? Like each year, we have like a new shirt that's like of a famous band, and we do, and we do, uh, um, and we do a logo of it. And so, I'm nobody's going to see these for a while because, uh don't really we're, there's no real reason to have them uh, until uh we finally have a uh, I can find it but but he did like a Motley Crue version like he did he did oh, my girl's going to love that he yeah he did <laughs> he did a bunch of different versions of it and um he like got all carried away cuz he's an older guy so he's like he he loves bands and he loves <laughs> these concerts um up to center. Um, but he did like five or six of them, so we're like set on T-shirt designs for the next six years. <laughs> That's badass, <laughs> so. man. Dude, that Toy Haven one though, that mm-hmm. that, that one. Was- yeah, the Van Halen. Yeah. When I saw that, I was like, oh. Yeah. So we're gonna have bumper stickers and stuff like that, and and like yeah, I said, t-shirt. it's gonna be just a, a, it's just gonna be just a toy show. So it's like, on the back of the shirt, we were thinking about either having like the date of the show, or we want to have like 
the vendor the vendor that's um vending and then the the city they're from so it, it like looked like oh, tour yeah. it looked I like, like tour it looked like tour dates that'd be awesome heard of it i have i was telling them a long time ago my middle name is michael and my mom and dad always told this friend of theirs that i was named after him like they my middle name after him they didn't have the heart to tell him that i was named after the uh drummer from van halen uh. <laughs> michael <laughs> anthony <laughs> so but when i was a kid i would always I, like all my a lot of my kid pictures that my mom and dad have they always dress me in van halen shirts and uh one time i got kicked out of school because i they bought it for me as a gift and it wasn't meant to be worn it was like you know how like you see like a like if you were to see a he-man um onesie for your kid you're like oh i'm gonna get that for him well they went to a fucking van halen concert and they had a kid shirt for some reason it was a kid shirt and it said van fucking halen <laughs> and they didn't know i dressed myself for school and i wore it to school and they got called <laughs> and taken out but it was that it was like the van halen logo and like i'm i'm low key a fucking a huge van halen fan so that fucking that logo it's just badass <laughs> so uh matt we like i said we always do like updates or show polls yeah. and everything yeah um so after hearing about the show we just wanted to ask you before we do it yep. are we allowed to share the date i, I know it's gonna yes. say it on here but yep yep is, Should is, that, is, that, is that date i already put being, money on the day so is this the first time it being shared this is the is first time it's like being shared exclusive? as far as the date correct oh so can we post it as an exclusive you can ex- post it as an exclusive push the button <laughs> it says so that is one's breaking news button okay. he fucking loves the that, I don't know <laughs> I I don't find a different one <laughs> he loves it no he says <laughs> he loves oh, it yeah Juan's off camera saying no <laughs> alright Juan yeah, put have, it we, out we, there we only have like four of these t-shirts already that's the back of it check it out so that's the back and then the oh, front's that sick. and then the front's the regular logo but um like that but we're we're getting it uh i'll find these other that's going (laughs) (laughs) here's a couple of the other ones all right so while we pass that around uh before we close out is there anything else you want to throw out there anything else you want to shed light to you know honestly i just appreciate you guys obviously and and i mean i know it's it's been cool like i said getting to know all you guys in, in different avenues and different places and so it's it's cool having local support and I appreciate it. And, and, and to all your listeners, like, um, you know, keep listening, keep downloading, sharing these guys page. Cause, cause obviously the more listeners, the more, uh, feedback they get and the more fan base they get. And, and, uh, again, same thing with artists, same thing with podcasts. You don't have to be, you know, in California named Joe Rogan to like have people listen to your podcast. Like you can find cool local podcasts. If you're into toys, into movies and comics and stuff like, I'm just Heck happy. Yeah. I'm just happy we got local re- representation with this stuff. You know, that was the one thing that, as far as the uh, Tulip City is concerned, being there for like three years now, four years this year, it's amazing to see how many people in just this local area are such big just pop culture fans, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, the, the amount of people that dress up for it, and just seeing all of that pride in people's favorite fandoms is just so cool. Yeah, I've loved, like, from the first one until last year, until this coming one, like, I mean, every year, the growth of it, spirit of it, you know, it's like, walk into the building, and I remember the first year, 
walking into it and looking around and being like, holy shit, there's this many people that do this? Like, cosplay? Like, are that, you know, like in town? Um, But you don't realize how many of them travel outside of town to go to Grand Rapids Comic Cons and go to other places. Right. So, like, when it's in home and you see it and then they know that next year it's about to happen again. So when you, you know, you walk into that building again and then you see it expanded more artists, more more comic book creators, more... Toy, more more vendors, more everything, you know. It's just like dude. And the cool thing about that is too, and like I mean how I mentioned Pete and from that or from uh my wife is gonna kill me, you guys are like, Yeah, you know those guys like seeing the community grow, but then like also like seeing the community bond, like yes. everyone kinda getting to know each other more, like you see faces, like you're like, yeah. wait a minute, like that's that podcast up in Muskegon, like you guys are the podcast in Holland, like you know, <laughs> yeah. like like but that's cool and like getting to know people like on a personal level, like it's yeah, it's it's awesome and like seeing like you guys know like uh Casey Pierce like with um with Nora and um like that type of stuff. It's just it's it's one big cool happy community and it's one big family and so it's 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 cool watching it grow and it's cool being a part of it since the beginning. So yeah, it is. It's definitely been an, like an amazing ride to meet these people. It's been an mm-hmm. honor to get to know a lot of them to to have the camaraderie, um you know everybody's support with each other. You know. Like, like I said, you know, it's like you walk in, you know, like for me, the Holland show is, is always going to be close to heart. But then it's awesome to know I can go to Grand Rapids or to Muskegon or, or to Byron Rec Center. And I know I'm going to walk in there and I'm going to see somebody. And we're going to be like, hey, buddy, what's <laughs> up? Ain't seen you since this, oh, two months ago since this show or, or this time. Right. You know, um, yeah, it's, it's just an awesome feeling. Yeah, know, it, to, it really is. To share is. that with everybody, to share the good geekiness of the world <laughs> out there. I'm sure. like heavily monitoring this poll all, all, n- all, <laughs> all night. All night. <laughs> all right. So at the end of every episode, we always do show polls. And Juan, is that the only one we have for this? Oh, damn. We have other shows or show polls. So, um, you want to read them off, Juan? Joel, can you uh, swing over your mic to Juan? <laughs> all right. Say hello to the episode, Juan. Hey, how's it going? Okay. <laughs> So, so much excitement. The show polls that I did today. So the first one was, are you looking forward to going to cons this year? And 87% of the audience said yes. That one. And Those then I put, a po- I put a poll on Spider-Man, uh, Miles, Miles Morales versus Peter Parker. And I didn't vote on it myself, so I can't actually see the percent. So as a consensus, okay, so Miles, we're going with Miles. All right. I'm, uh, man, Miles, he just, he oh. just did so much for me this this year. Well, he lost. So. <laughs> uh, 63% Peter Parker. Um, and then the last poll. They aren't ready for it yet. They aren't ready for it yet. They said Peter Joel's. Parker's white. <laughs> and right now it's 75% 80s muscle. Yeah, nice. there we go. Oh, yeah. See, Joel, have faith, all right, dog? Uh, <laughs> Fingers crossed. All right, so there are your show polls for the evening. And again... Matt Rodriguez, we just wanted to say thank you from the bottom of our hearts for hanging out with us and uh, appreciate some of that nerdy goodness. Thanks for listening. Yeah, man, this this was a a lot of fun and uh, looking forward to the the show. And like he said, February 15th, be on the lookout for Disciple 6th. Or Disciple 6th, I said 6th. I'm going off date, sorry. (laughs) And then um, April 28th, first time we'll see, well, not first time, but uh, first time time this year we will see you. At a con, and that will be Tulip City Comic Con. Wait. All right. And until next time, we have been not. 21st.
Well, Don't forget yeah, that Toy Haven. Toy Haven. Toy Haven. Oh, I was just going off the first, you know. Good. <laughs> uh, I'm excited for that one. Put that out there. All right. Much so, uh, like I was saying, until next time, we have been Not Your Average Nerd signing off. See ya. Laters. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>